you just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life. We understand how it is. Lawrence goes downfield, and the catch is made. Tua goes deep for Waddle, got him in stride. Touchdown, Alabama. Pat's interference. Jalen Hurts solidified himself. He will go down as probably one of my favorite players of all time. There are two kings of college football, but one of them's wearing the crown. The Alabama's offensive coordinator position has become just like the defense against the dark arts position at Hogwarts. Don't you find it kind of shocking we haven't been taken off iTunes yet? Hey everyone, Christian Miller here, former Alabama linebacker number 47, and you're listening to Pat's Interference. What's up everybody? I haven't eaten yet today. I'm pretty hungry. You're listening to Pat's Interference. We're sitting here on a Thursday, the Thursday, uh, the big Thursday, as we like to call it on this podcast, the one of what uh, we've deemed the Sweetheart Bowl, two meaningless teams that we picked before the season are about to square off. Uh, other than that, we'll have a lot more college football to talk about, but we like to, uh, we like to lead with the, with the most important segment on our entire podcast. Ain't that right, buddy? That's the best. Go ahead and cue up that music, baby. It's already playing. Oh, I love this. It is Sweetheart Bowl time, my friends. Cannot wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> Who's ready for a little action, buddy? Uh, I, I was born ready for some action. Some action. You've got the five and four Buffalo Bulls, represented by the defending Sweetheart Bowl champion Patrick Norwood. Uh, and then Facing I've, I've yeah. Three and six Kent State Golden Flashes. Brick, anything to say about your boys? Yeah, uh, I, I fully believe that they're going to pull out this win tonight. I have, I've never had a doubt in Kent State. Um, their entire season really is, comes down to today. This is their Super Bowl. You know, every player in that locker room is ready to go. Dustin Crum leads the team in passing and rushing. He's a, he's a bona fide Heisman candidate. I don't know why anybody's not talking about him in that regard. And yeah. you know, for as much as for as much as their players on each team listen to this podcast, you'd have to think that they're both going to be fired up. But Kent State, Nick Saban played quarterback there. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of pedigree there. The Bulls can make it to a bowl with this win, which I, I think they'll do handedly. They're a six point favorite. ESPN gives them a 56.4 percent chance of winning this one tonight. Hogwash, making me. Back-to-back Sweetheart Bolt champions, which I will never let you live down. We still haven't gotten the trophy, but when we do, it's going to be sweet to see my name on there twice. Hogwash. Absolute hogwash. Uh, just by the numbers, Buffalo averaging 28 points a game to Kent State's 24. They're giving up about 22 points a game to Kent State's 31. Uh, they're outgained by the Golden Flashes only by six yards, though. So so nothing really to, uh, to really worry about. Um... Buffalo's last five, they've had three wins, two losses. They're on a three-game winning streak. That's right, Brick. You should be shaking in your boots. Uh, meanwhile, Kent State's on a three-game losing streak. They did lose last week, 35-33 to uh, Toledo, who's actually not been terrible this season. Uh, but, Brick, I think it's really going to come down to the quarterback play tonight. And, you know, I've got to take Van Trees here. No, 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 I, no, no, I just no, have no. to. You couldn't, see, here's, here's where, you're, here's where you're, just, you're just looking at records. But you know, Buffalo has not played anybody. Anybody. M- meanwhile, Kent State, battle-tested. They played Arizona State. They've played Auburn. They've played Wisconsin. They lost to each of those three teams by a combined four points. <laughs> <laughs> don't look it up. If you can't, just take that. No, you, just take that at face value. Please don't look that up. If you can't tell. 
we've we've done extensive scouting reports for this episode. Uh, Jarrett Patterson needs five yards. Buffalo's running back for a uh, one thousand yard season. I'm sure he's going to get that tonight. Done it in less than two hundred carries though. That's not too bad. That's not too bad of a year. Uh, so that's the sweetheart bowl, everybody. We're super excited about it. Unfortunately, uh, your least favorite host, Patrick Brickman, will no longer. He will not be able to tweet with us tonight, uh, like we were last year. That was honestly one of my favorite nights of last year's college football season. I'm not even joking. It was a great game. It's NC State Wake Forest. I had Wake. You had the Wolfpack. Uh, Wolfpack weren't able to get it done. weren't able to uh, get a little tight end leak on a seam route, uh, covered up by the safety. And Wake won it in the last 30 seconds. So, you know, that's how it goes. And now Wake's had a, a splendid year. They're, they were an Orange Bowl contender for quite some time. So that's what happens when you win the Sweetheart Bowl. You know, it, it brings the good recruits in. It makes everybody a little bit more excited about the program. So uh, that's the Sweetheart Bowl. Bad news, Brick will not be tweeting with us. Good news, my lovely wife and old co-host of Pat's Interference will be tweeting with me. Um, you can follow her. That is at Jade E Stoner on Twitter. Uh, excuse me, Jade Norwood on Twitter. I, I was about to I say she changed the handle. She's yeah. changed the handle. She has changed the handle. Uh, or you can just search for Jade Norwood, or you can search for me, Patrick Norwood at Patrick Norwood. Uh, but the easiest way is to just kind of follow us on all channels of social. Uh, again, that's on Twitter at pi underscore podcast, on Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S Interference, uh, or go to our website at patsinterference.com. Uh, you can also email us at any time at patsinterference at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Or you know, leave us. You can leave us a five star review if you want to. I, I'm never going to tell you not to. Yeah. Um, right. So, you know. That's fine. Sure. Say whatever you want, but just just tell us what you actually think in the comment, but just leave five stars. Make sure it's really five care. so you can, yeah, yeah, fool people, actually. Yeah, fool people. Uh, so, yeah, break, let's let's take this, let's ride this music, this sweet, sexy, sweetheart music, uh, right into talking about last week in college football. Well, we don't bury the lead on this podcast, which is why we went ahead and talked about the sweetheart ball. Not really much happened across the college football landscape a week ago, last Saturday. Um pretty dry slate of games uh really nothing to talk about there <laughs> i think we can skip on uh no i i think before we start obviously if you're a longtime listener to this podcast or you know us very well which i think is 100 percent of our uh listenership you know that we are alabama graduates so last saturday was not I, i'm not gonna say it wasn't fun it was a fun game it was not the outcome that i think we wanted um but weird just to preface this, we are very tired of talking about this because when you are an Alabama fan, especially in Brick, I can't imagine what it's like for you. <laughs> but when it's outside of Alabama, um, I think it's when it's inside Alabama, everyone wants to dissect every single part and they're, you know, sitting on the edge of their seats for their college football playoff. For me, it's a lot less of that and it's a lot more of, oh, who did Alabama play this weekend? Oh, yeah, they lost that game, didn't they? Oh, man, that's terrible. I guess y'all are done with the playoffs now. So it's. I think we're both a little bit tired of talking about it, but we're going to talk about it very much in depth uh, this week. Be, being an Alabama fan um, after a loss is the same thing as being like the only Kanye West fan in the office when he does something stupid, right? Yes. Bama loses and everybody peers around the corner and goes, hey, what's, what's going on with your team, man? You guys done? Right? Kanye West says something about slavery was a choice or some dumb shit like that. And, and everybody peers on the corner, hey, what's going on with your boy? Right? It's just yeah. like, same thing. Yep. It's the same thing. And then you got to talk to everybody for a week about it, which is fine. We, you know, that's what happens when you are the team. People do that when the Patriots look like they're about to lose or 
whatever. And, you know, Steph Curry gets hurt, and I go up to the Warriors fans and go, hey, your, your dynasty's over, man. So I, I have no room to talk. But, uh, yeah, let's. I guess we should start with that game, shouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah, let's. I, I, I want to fast forward um, a little bit. We can talk about Tua's turnover um, on the first drive if we want to, but I really want to talk about this game. Um, the three minutes before halftime. Okay. Um, that's when I think this game was really kind of lost by Alabama. Cause I don't think it was a secret to anybody that Alabama was going to come out and play way better in the second half than they had the entire game. Right. Am I, am I wrong there? I mean, no, I mean, if they would, they would have gotten beat by 60. Um, so, you know, Alabama did lose this one 46, 41. If you didn't know, um, I don't, I don't know how you, how you wouldn't know if you listen to this podcast. I feel like everybody knows everything about this game. Uh, but at, at one time it was 19 to 13. I'm sorry. I'm going to back that up a little bit. It was, uh, yeah, no, that's about right. It was about three minutes left. Um, LSU went up 19, 13 after a 45 yard field goal. Um, Alabama then has a chance to not only, uh, score and tie the game, but take the lead going into the locker room and take a big chunk of time off of the clock. And they were unable to do so. Uh, from my perspective, Brick, um, that was the turning point in the game. And we again, we can talk about anything in the second half you want to, but here's what happened afterwards. Uh, they went three and out. They punted. Um, LSU scored with about 26 seconds left. So now you're down by 13, Okay. At this point, from every single game that I've ever seen uh, Nick Saban coach, it is knee it, get into the locker room. For whatever reason, there is a change of heart. He decided we we're going to air it out, try and get downfield, maybe kick a field goal, I guess was his mindset. Or, you know, even better, maybe you get lucky and you bust a big play. Um, Tua immediately throws an interception. Now you go down by 20 uh, going down into the locker room. So, Brick, for me, that was the big turning point of the game. I don't, I don't think there was another part of the game um, that was bigger than that, but I, I want to get your thoughts on not only that sequence, but anything else you saw from the first half um, that, that kind of really stuck out to you. No, first half is just something we've seen a lot from Alabama, like the last, I don't know, two or three years. You know, they, they, they play really – Alabama's a team that plays so disciplined 90% of weeks, but there, there's always that game. You know, and all throughout the week, the players say, oh, no, it's just another game for us. It's just another game. You know, we treat it like any other. You know, they don't, right? This was that game. LSU, everybody's coming to town. The president's going to be there. Everybody's talking about a game of the century part two. You know, nobody in that locker room is thinking of this game like they're playing Arkansas, like they're playing Southern Miss. Nobody. Nobody is. So, and then they come out and they, they just, they, they did the same thing in the national championship. They play a wildly undisciplined game. Wildly undisciplined. That was that entire first half. Wildly undisciplined. They don't play to themselves. They play to the moment. And it's, uh, you know, it, it, it. I'm not even talking about Tua's fumble. Like, yeah, sometimes quarterbacks fumble. It was a little goofy looking, but that, that, that those things happen. You know, what he had two turnovers. Sure, other things. Other things. You know, what? What? what and what? I don't even know where to start. Things like Ty, Ty P. Ryan's fumble hurt. Ty P. Ryan's fumble. That was huge, too. Things like it's fourth and one, and you've, you've got Najee Harris, who has not gone down on first contact in the last three weeks. Right? He's having, he's having his best game of his Alabama career against LSU, and you line up fourth and one out of the Wildcat with Slade Bold, and everybody knows he's going to the strong side. Things like that. Yeah. What, what is that? You know, and, That might have even been second half, but it's just... 
it's very confusing. And another thing uh, for me is the offensive play calling for Alabama in this game was just atrocious. At the beginning of the game, there was no tempo set for running the football. Um, it's like they tried it twice and then just completely abandoned it. It reminded me of the 2016 National Championship when Alabama lost to Deshaun Watson and Clemson, uh, where it was, you know, okay, well, Bo Scarborough's out. Well, we're just done running. It was, okay, Najee got hit in the backfield and only got two yards on a carry. Uh, we're just done running the football. And then in the second half, you saw Najee get the ball, and he was ripping off eight yards a carry. They couldn't stop him, but Alabama got themselves into a situation where they didn't have enough time to run the football. You were you were going to run out of clock if you were trying to come back just by running the football. Um, you know, there was a 95-yard, uh, three-minute drive where they ran the ball, you know, seven or eight times, but again, it was just you, you hit a critical mass where it's you can't do this. Now, on the other side of the ball... You look at LSU, they played as much of a complete game as I've seen them play all season. There was one miscue with Joe Burrow's fumble, but really that was a great play by uh, Alabama's uh, defensive line and linebacking crew getting in, forcing pressure, um, and getting a blindside hit that forced a fumble. Um, But other than that, LSU had very few miscues. They were very hard to stop. Um, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just went off, just absolutely went off um, in that game. They were they played almost their best game. I, I don't know of a different scenario that they would have wished for, um, other than maybe not having that fumble. But they scored almost every single time they had the ball. Their weakest quarter, they still took a bunch of time off the clock when they had the ball. Um, so again, you know, they had a game plan. They came in, they ran it uh, nearly to perfection, and now you've got uh, you've got your path and your eyes set on the SEC championship. I don't think anyone's thinking that you're going to lose to Ole Miss next week, and you're definitely not losing to Arkansas in the last week of the season. If you lose either of those games as an LSU fan, that is the biggest atrocity your football team has ever faced, let me tell you, because those two teams are not getting it done this season. And they'd still, um, make, so the, they'd I, still make the playoff. They Right. <laughs> and again, there's uh, you know, and now you've got your eyes set on Georgia and the SEC Championship, a Georgia team that isn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but has not been a big headline team this year. It's uh, the only, the only, only time they've been in the headlines this year has been, oh, well, the wins looked a little disappointing and the loss looked really bad, you know? So I think if you're LSU, you've got to be ecstatic after this game. This is exactly what you wanted, and you're hoping this sets the tone for the rest of the program. Brick, I want to ask you, if you're Alabama, where do you go after this game? See, the, I, the thing is I can make an hour. I could turn this hour-long podcast. I can make this a three-hour podcast, and all I can do is talk about my thoughts of Alabama after that game. Um, you know, like, so I've texted you this, but on one hand, you know, Alabama played a, a, a completely de- complete debacle of a first half, played a great second half, and they lost by 5 to one of the top three teams in the country, right? After everything they did wrong in that game, they only lost by five. But on the other side, this doesn't feel like two years ago when Alabama lost to Auburn. It, it, it's a little different in my mind. Like, yeah, Alabama's still very good. Um, but when they lost to Auburn, you know, they... they we, we just were hoping for the chance to go... Because we all... The big reason they lost to Auburn that game is their entire linebacking core was hurt. And But they were coming back, Right. Bama's starting linebackers are hurt. They're not coming back this season. There's no, they're as healthy now, aside from Tua being a little bit more mobile, as they're going to be the rest of the season. Right. So, I don't know. I, I, where do you go? I mean, I guess you hope for the chance to get into the playoff. You, you've got a, you've got an offense that's going to be able to keep it close with anybody as long as they're not dropping the ball. Um, but I, I guess you just I think- hope for a shot. Like this is this is. 
I, I have less faith that Alabama is going to go out there. And, and I mean, because to, to win a national championship, which is what you do with Alabama, you're talking about getting through two of LSU, Clemson, and Ohio State to end the season. And, and that defense that I watched in that game would not be able to stop any one of those three teams. No, I, I agree with you. I also think that defense played uh, not up to standard, right? I, I think that's fair to say. No, that's that's way fair to say. Alabama's defense, they were soft. They, so, they were as soft as I've ever seen them. And that's not just me the, being a the, Debbie Downer. The optimist in me then says, okay, well, if they play even a smidge better, they would have beaten LSU, right? Sure. Okay. So that's the optimist in me. And I, I get what you're saying. I completely agree with you. What I don't understand is the people who are sitting there saying Alabama is completely out of the playoff. There is there's no possible way that they can compete with any of the top four because they lost to number one by five. No. I, I just I, I don't understand the argument. Hold on. Let me finish. Um, the argument that I do understand is Alabama does not have a good win yet. Right. But the key word on the end of that sentence is yet. You still haven't played Auburn. You know, you still if Auburn beats Georgia this weekend and just dismantles Georgia, which and I then Alabama goes. Yeah. Well, and then Alabama goes and just blows the doors off of Auburn on the road. Now the conversation is completely flipped. Alabama's figured everything out and they're ready to go and be in the playoff and they're a top four team. You know, if Auburn gets crushed by Georgia and then Alabama either slightly beats Auburn or doesn't beat Auburn. I mean, if they get another loss, obviously they're out. But if they just slightly beat an Auburn team that gets crushed by Georgia, no one is convinced that they deserve to be in that playoff, as they shouldn't be. But at the same time, I think these people who sit here and at the same token would have said, because you know I'm right about this, and I'm about to sound like a Bama homer and I don't care. Um, and I'm not saying woe is us. We've had five championships in a decade. If we have to sit out a playoff year, I understand, and that very well may happen. I understand that's very likely right now. However, if the conversation were flipped, say Alabama comes back and wins that game, beats LSU by one, two, you know, maybe they recover the onside kick and Tua throws a bomb and they win by two, right? Something like that happens. Alabama barely scrapes by LSU. If LSU is sitting at five, the conversation in the national conversation right now is not, oh, LSU doesn't deserve to be there. The conversation is 100%. Well, look what they almost beat Alabama. They're up by 20 at half. They obviously deserve to be in this playoff. And that's the part that bothers me is that there is not a single person that I've seen that really supports that that is not an Alabama person or an SEC person that supports Alabama being in that playoff. And it's become a lot less about this year's team than it has the teams in years past. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it becoming a national phenomenon every single time Alabama loses. Um, and that's, again, I'm about to sound like a Bama homer, but prove to me that I'm wrong. You can't do it. The, the world parties when Alabama loses, just like it parties when the Patriots lose the Super Bowl and the Yankees don't win the World Series. See, I want the. I, I'm on the other end of that. I do want the, the world to celebrate because that that's still a good thing. You want to be the team that. Yes, <laughs> and I, you you made that point the other day. And you, that's a very good point. Yeah, if if there ever becomes a world when genuinely people walk up to me who watch college football and say, "Oh yeah, who did y'all play this weekend?" I'm going to be pretty upset, you know. And it, it's it's that's obviously a very good way to look at things, but at the same time it changes the national topic so much when so many people are excited about a team losing that it makes it, I'm not kidding. I think it makes it more difficult for them to get in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, because, because why? Because they've been good. Cause you're tired of them being good. I don't know. It just, it makes me angry. I think Alabama still got a really good shot. I think there's a bunch of scenarios 
that could play out where Alabama makes it to the playoff. It's just right now the most likely scenario is that they don't. And that's okay. That's that's perfectly fine. There are plenty more football years. Um, but I think there are plenty of scenarios that could, you know, that are not outside the realm of possibility in any stretch of the imagination where Oklahoma loses one or Baylor loses one or Minnesota gets crushed by Ohio State and Alabama, you know, and Georgia loses to LSU in the SEC championship. And then who do you have leapfrogging Alabama? Right. You know, because right now to me, a one loss Oklahoma does not get in this playoff over a one loss Alabama. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know that I'm there. I don't know that I'm there. I think I think a, a good way for Alabama. I'll lay out what that I think they need to do on their own, and it still might be enough. Might not be enough. Obviously, they got to win out. Um, yes. If if Auburn beats Georgia, which actually I if we're, if we're gonna talk upset alert, I, I expect Georgia to lose this weekend. Um, okay. I just think the timing's right for a Georgia loss and Auburn coming off a bye and and all that nonsense. Um, but. You know, if if Auburn beats Georgia, Alabama's just got to beat Auburn, right? Yeah, they, they got to beat them. It can't look like a fluke win. Tua has to be obviously healthy that weekend. Um, they need you know everything they do from here on out is an audition anyway for the committee. But and and if and if Auburn loses to Georgia, Alabama's got to beat Auburn by sixteen or more in my head, three scores. I think they got to beat them by three scores, and they got to beat them handily. And that's just that's just to qualify. That's just to check the boxes to qualify. Um, because you know me, I preach it on this podcast all the time. Everybody's a slave to the moment. Everybody. The conversation changes week by week of what we just saw. We're talking about teams so much differently than what we did last week. That's part of football and and evaluating and and evolving with what happens in the games. But part of it is just Alabama won't be playing the final weekend. They won't be playing championship weekend. Oklahoma will be. They will be. Ohio, Oregon, Utah, they probably will be, right? Those are the teams that they really need to get over. I don't, I don't really consider Minnesota a threat to Alabama at this point because they're not going to beat Ohio State. And when Ohio State beats them a one-loss Minnesota, that's the only team I can point at and go, they will not get in over Alabama. I think Oregon, Utah, maybe not even Utah, but Oregon and Oklahoma definitely have that shot. Perhaps Baylor if they go undefeated. Um, well, if Baylor goes undefeated, they're in. Right, right, period. right, right. Um, they have to be. And they, they have to play Oklahoma at this point twice, and that would be enough. But I'm just telling, like, when Alabama doesn't play the final weekend, if the last thing the committee saw was Alabama beating Auburn by six, but they see, you know, Oklahoma beating Baylor for the second time, and the second time they beat him was by 31, I, I, I don't think so. And I know Oklahoma hasn't been playing as good, but now they, I don't know. It's, you know, the things that I always go back to that people like Herb Street bring up, and I think this is a fault of the committee, too, is there are so many different regulations and oh here's the things that we consider right the following things i've always heard to be considered every single year are they take injuries into consideration so you'd have to take to his injury into consideration as far as his lsu's games concerned they take body of work into consideration has alabama's schedule been weak yes extremely i understand i've heard it hey twitter guy i heard you the first six thousand times alabama doesn't play anybody until the sec I know, I get it, just wait for the next decade. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't really do your research, A, and B, you should go and look at Alabama's schedule across the next 10 years as far as non-conference Power 5 opponents are concerned because it is staggering the amount of talent they're about to play. And number uh, another thing that I always hear from the committee, um, or excuse me, going back to the body of work, 
instead of looking at it from the angle of Alabama hasn't played anybody, you're right, but the teams that they have played, they've completely wiped off the map. They have been atomic-bombed back to prehistoric civilization. They've eviscerated every single opponent they've played, with the exception of maybe Tennessee, which was still a 20-point win, right? So there's all these factors that they look at, um, and it's, it's, it's injuries. Okay, again, you want to look at injuries. Yeah, you can look at two. You can also look at the two defensive captains who got hurt for Alabama before the season even started. You know, body of work, best wins, quality losses, you know, things that you constantly hear. All of those things that the committee talks about are things that Alabama lines up with very, very well as far as you as a one-loss team versus this other one-loss team. If you're talking quality losses, Oklahoma's loss uh, to Kansas State does not look as good as Alabama's five-point loss to LSU. You know, so again, I, I think all, all those things match up. But I also think that the national narrative is now, okay, how do we keep Alabama out of this playoff? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And it's going to come down to the last weekend when nobody sees them win. And everybody's going to be saying the conference championships are going to be more important this year than they were last year. And that's okay. I mean, I think there are going to be more people working against Alabama. Again, I don't expect them to be in. I would be surprised. I would be pleasantly surprised if they make it in. I don't expect them to be in. Um I think they've got I, less I, than a 50% chance yeah. to be in. I actually think of all the teams vying for the four seed, right? If you look at all the teams vying for it, right? Alabama, Oregon, Utah, Baylor, Minnesota, and um, Oklahoma, okay. right? I think Alabama has the best odds of those five, six teams I just mentioned, but it's still way less than a 50% chance. So I don't expect them to be in, right? They, if they have a 30% chance of making it and, and, and Baylor has a, a 10, whatever, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what the Vegas odds would say. I would expect Alabama to be the favorite, but it's less than 50. I don't expect them to be in because I expect the narrative after championship weekend to just be that we haven't just, it's just going to, the, the, the narrative is controlled by what just happened. And we'll, it's why Tua lost the Heisman last year. We've been here. We've been through this. We saw this last year with the Heisman voting. It's it's just what happened last weekend. What's the very last thing we saw. All right. Selection Sundays tomorrow. And I think, uh, yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. But it's another thing that we I want to keep in mind, and I want, want everybody, and I understand that we do these college football playoff ranking shows so ESPN can get ratings and we can all debate and discuss them. And I think that's very fun to a point. The point when it's not fun is the people who sit here, there's still three weeks left in the season, including championship week, and we sit here and we gravel and we talk about, oh, well, this team's resume is just high and away better than this team's resume. We have no idea. You don't have the full body of work yet. Why are we trying to judge it? If anything, the playoff discussion could be it shouldn't be this is why we de- deserve to be in over this team. It should be, wow, how interesting is the rest of the season going to be if Minnesota goes and beats Ohio State? Or if Baylor loses to Oklahoma and then beats them in the Big 12 championship, do those wins cancel out? It it should be, this is going to be a lot of fun because this is what the committee thinks right now. It shouldn't be, oh, well, they're so stupid. Well, you go in there and you try and do it. It's hard. It's hard. The problem is half the time the committee says, our job is to put the four best teams in, right? You hear them say that all the time. Until they start saying... Our job is to look at, and you know, sometimes they go, our job is to look at quality of win, quality of loss, or the four best teams, I test, right? They, they preach both. They play both sides of the coin, week yeah. by week, right? Because if you go by, you know, 
four best four best teams. Most people would say, yeah, I guess I guess I would expect Alabama to beat Oklahoma. I guess I would expect Alabama to beat Oregon, especially if they beat you know Auburn, who beat Oregon, all that stuff. But it's is I don't know. It's just controlled by a specific narrative it's week just, by week. It's not it's not consistent. It's I think it's the best system we've had since I've been watching football. It's still very flawed. There is no perfect college football system. Every team plays no, there isn't. 12 games, and then you have to judge them on 12 games where they really just play the same teams every year, minus give well, or take a couple others. It's it's the same thing that everybody says on how to fix it, right? You you move it to eight. You have your five. Uh, I've always contended you have your five um, power five champions. You've got your group of five champion. And then you've got your two at-large bids. A lot of people don't even want to have a group of five champion. Um, and I think you could put a qualifier on it. It's an undefeated group of five champion. Um, you know, and that, that would kind of reach that happy medium. But then people are going to complain, okay, well, why is it not 16 teams, you know? Why is it not? And then it, it just it moves. It's a slippery slope. And I think it's very wow. difficult I, to be on this. Hold on. I think it's very difficult to be on this playoff committee. I want that to be something that is said on this podcast. Because a lot of people have this, oh, idiot, why don't you just put these four teams in? Because it's not that easy, man. These guys are playing different opponents. They're 18 to 22 years old. We've seen number one teams that have come out some weeks and look like they could be Super Bowl champions and then come out the next week and look like they couldn't beat my high school team. There's just it's, – it's unpredictable, and it's a very hard job to do. And I think the committee does not get enough credit uh, for doing the work necessary to create these conversations. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I guess that's a good good enough point. Um, I don't know, should we move? Should we move on from from let's, bemoaning let's, yeah, bemoaning the Bama loss? Because I didn't even get into the defense and and the, all the reasons why Alabama's not even if they make the playoff, I don't expect them to just. No, I, I, I don't expect them to win think, the semifinal game. Yeah, I think this team is a playoff team. I'm not sure they're a championship team, but again, Brick, we've seen Stranger Things. We could this team could turn it around really quickly. You know. Um, especially when you've got the greatest college football coach to ever live. Right. That's no two you know, two years two years ago when they ended up winning the national championship with the two a thing and they snuck in the four seed. So, when they made that playoff, I went, all right, you know, let's go blow this thing up. I thought they were going to win both games. I thought they were going to, you know, I thought they were going to get there easy. I was like, oh yeah, let's go blow it up. You know, we we got this. We're better. We just you know, we were we were banged up against Auburn and Mississippi State. I don't feel the same way this year. I don't feel, but that's okay. That's that's fine. Um, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's not a big deal, but at the same time, you can't sit there and tell me that if Alabama wins the national title this year, you're going to be just unbelievably shocked. You know, like it's yeah. They they of course they won. If, if, got... And I'll say this on the if they if they somehow come back and win this year, and we said we said this with the Jake Coker year, but I, I would retract it and yes. say it even more. This that would be Nick Saban's magnum opus. If if he pulls that one out, that because the that the, it's so much whatever, more top whatever, heavy. Yeah, the the, the talent he'd be going against is so much better than the last few years. It would be his greatest coaching job ever. But yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> you know, let's. I I do want to try very hard the rest of this podcast to not talk too much about the college football playoff rankings. I think it's unrealistic to say let's not. We're not going to talk about it at all. Yeah. But I think to sit here and gripe. And harbor over the college football. You can go listen to 16 other college football podcasts that do that. We are your favorite college football podcast for a reason. It's because we're not going to do that shit. Because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of hearing about the college football playoff committee selections when it's not even freaking rivalry week yet. Who cares? So let's move on. You had Minnesota rowing the boat and beating Penn State 31-26. Uh, you had Sean Clifford going for 340 yards, but it wasn't enough. 
Brick, I'm going to ask you two teams, and I'm going to ask you the question I ask you what seems like every other week. Buy or sell Minnesota? Um, I'll sell them. <laughs> I don't know. That's going to make a lot of people mad. I love Minnesota and what they're doing. No, I, but I think we I learn agree. more about Penn State. I, and I said this going in. I think we'll learn more about Penn State with this game than we will. Minnesota Minnesota's a good team. That, that's awesome for them. They're, they're, they're a very good team. They've gotten some, you know, some good moments. Uh, they, they beat Penn State. That's awesome. That was, the, that was their big game. You know, they, they, that's great. Uh, I, I, yeah. do not, I do not even take them remotely seriously as a contender to Ohio State. No, I don't either. I don't either. I'm going to sell them as well, but I think that program's obviously moving in the right direction. P.J. Fleck has got it going, man. Yeah. And Minnesota got a steal with him with that contract. Yeah, that, they, I mean, that's awesome. They, that is awesome. And I, said, I also said that last week. I said, hey, if he wins this, they're going to be so happy they gave him the extension this week because he, he would be outpricing them right now if, yes. if, if, he, had, yes. if he had waited. He could easily uh, have not signed that contract and gone to USC or a Florida State or somebody like that. Um, you know, that, that would have been a very easy choice, I think, for him to make. And now, you know, he's sticking to his guns and he's staying at Minnesota. And that program's going to be way better off for it. And, man, they're going to contend for the Big Ten one day. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but they're going to be right up there with Michigan and Ohio State one day. Yeah, I mean, aren't I they? I really, truly believe that. You think they'll be on the same level? Um, maybe not on the same level. I'd put them more on a level as Wisconsin, but they'll compete. Okay, and I won't be that's... surprised if they win one or both of those games one year. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Um, you had Oklahoma squeaking by Iowa State. Um, I'm not going to ask you buy or sell on them. I think we both buy Oklahoma right now, but they, they've got to figure it out on the defense, man. We've seen uh, teams like this with Jalen Hurts where the defense just kind of doesn't really always get it done, and a lot of that pressure gets brought to him. He's cool under pressure until the pressure amounts to the point where it depends on him. I think that's, that's what I'll always say about Jalen Hurts. There are two games um where i didn't feel that way that was the national championship against clemson but again his defense let him down uh and then there is the uh auburn? excuse me the uh yeah auburn game uh well no no, no not uh not auburn um i was saying he was clutch in the national championship because when he left the field we had a lead the other game he was clutch was against mississippi state we oh, needed gotcha. him to be that guy, and he, he came out and won it. He also beat LSU on a pretty good scamper one year, um, his freshman year as well. But there have been a lot more games like the Auburn game where he just didn't really have it. Or, you know, the national championship against Georgia, he just didn't have it when Alabama needed him to be that guy. It seems like now when Oklahoma needs him to be that guy, it hasn't really reached that critical mass point yet. Um, but they really needed him to be that guy against Kansas State. And then the moment passed, and after the moment passed, I think he relaxed back down because he's like, oh, we're going to lose it anyway. I'm just going to let it fly. And then they almost came back and won it. Um, you know. And then you look at this week, and he, he played fine. But again, Oklahoma's defense just could not stop Iowa State. And if they're not stopping Iowa State, I'm really interested interested to see how they do against the team we're going to talk about next, who struggled and went to overtime with TCU, had to go to triple overtime to beat them. Break, buy or sell Baylor? <laughs> I mean... Let's see. Uh, I, I'm selling Baylor as uh, at this point of the season. We're, we're only talking about as a team that that contends for a four seed. And I, I sell Baylor as a team that I take seriously for a four seed. I agree. I I, agree. I don't I, see any way. I mean, Baylor's great, and they could prove me wrong. As LSU has time and time again since I trashed them, but I don't see any way they escape Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, and then Oklahoma again, or whoever I guess they would play there, but. 
Yeah. They need to win. Um, they need to win over those four teams in a row to make the playoff because they can't lose any of those games, in my opinion. And I don't see that happening. For sure. Uh, Georgia taking care of business against Missouri. Um, they now move out to number four in the rankings. They win 27 nothing. You had Clemson more than taking care of business against NC State ever since I said that that offense was sick and they needed to take the bye week I need to, to say things out. I need to say something real quick. The reason I didn't Go mention Georgia as a contender for the four seed is because if they make the playoff, I don't think it will be as the four seed. If they make the I playoff, agree. that means yeah, yeah, they yeah. beat LSU, and I think if they beat LSU in the SEC championship, they'll vault up to the three or two. Yeah, That's why they're not a four, in, in my opinion. Um, I think no, I agree with that. I think Clemson, like I said, um, ever since I said that they were anemic and they seemed sick and they needed to take the bye week and figure it out. Well, they took the bye week and they figured it out. Uh, Dabo um, saying, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but Dabo's saying all the right stuff right now. He's he's got his t- you know he's got them feeling like underdogs again. Clemson, I, sitting here today, I'll say it now. Sitting here today, I expect Clemson to win the national championship. I, I will I will predict that uh, if Alabama can get in. I think Alabama, I'm not going to say they win the national championship. I'll say Ohio State wins the national championship this year, um, especially now that Chase Young's suspension has been lifted. Um, I don't want to talk about that too much, but Brick, what are your thoughts on that? Do you Are you disappointed in the NCAA because they didn't stick to their guns? Are you proud of Chase Young because now he's back on the football field? How are you feeling about that situation? I am I am consummately upset with the NCAA. It's it's just that's that's the constant because they're in a situation where no, no matter no matter what decision they make, They've made so many inconsistent decisions where you can go, okay, fine. This is just from an Alabama fan's perspective. All right, cool. Two games for Chase Young for accepting money. Why does Alabama have to basically give up two seasons of wins of players selling textbooks? Stuff like that. Mm. It's like, right, I, I don't think it would have been fair for Chase Young to, uh, to sit for the rest of the year through the postseason, whatever. That would not have been fair. That would have been overkill. And yet... The NCAA's done things like that. I mean, he did the same. He did. He did worse than what like Todd Gurley did or AJ Green did, and they sat four, five, six games. Right. They're, they're, they they are the NCAA is so inept and has been so inconsistent over the last fifteen to twenty years that they can't make a good decision. Yeah, I agree. No with such you no I such thing as a good punishment on their end because you can always point to something else and go, "Well, why would you do this then?" Right. If they gave him the I whole think- season, stuff like that. You know. Yeah, I think that with the Chase Young situation, look, look that's ridiculous. He, he paid it off. They self-admitted the violation. Yeah. I don't really think it was that big of a violation. It's not like he was getting paid to play. Well, it literally sounded like, hey, man, I need a couple bucks. Can you help me out? He got it. He immediately paid it back when he had the money. I, I just I, I don't understand um, where the NCAA comes from with a lot of that stuff, and that's why we're not going to talk about it. Brick, is there any other game from last week that you want to discuss or go over? Dude, I blacked out after – not blacked out drunk, but just sort of turned off football for the rest of the day, honestly, after Alabama left. I think – Like, I, 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 the- I, I will be completely honest with you. I knew Oklahoma played a close game because of the way people have been talking about it. This is the first time I'd seen the score, 42-41. That's how much I it, disconnected myself from football you on should, Saturday. Yeah, you should really go back and watch the, the highlights of that game. I think they're very telling about Oklahoma's defense. The other game I want to talk about from last week is App State beating South Carolina 20-15, mainly just to ask the question, uh, hey, Mountaineers, why the hell couldn't you have done that against your rival when I was there and it was snowing on Halloween night? Let's move on to next week, buddy. Uh, we obviously got the Sweetheart Bowl tonight, which is what everybody is going to be watching. Uh, it's 7 o'clock on CBS Sports, by the way. You can follow us on Twitter at PI underscore podcast. It'll be me and my wife, Jade. I can't imagine Jade's going to tweet too much about football. 
I, I, just, I can't imagine. You underestimate um, her. I think it's going to be a lot of football, but I, I don't think it's going to be more than it is like subtle comments about the broadcast itself. Hey, that's fine. Um, so I love it. I can't wait. It'll be a fresh take. Uh, Brick, looking ahead at games next week, um, really not a ton of marquee matchups other than uh, Ohio State, Rutgers, uh, Georgia, Auburn, uh, and Baylor, and Oklahoma, I think is next week too, right? I'm not making that up. Um, this week, you mean? Like this, this upcoming week, yes, week? This week. Yes. Yeah, that's. Uh, I yes, can't that's find, this oh, week. That's, yes, the, that's the prime time game. Yes, Rutgers and Ohio State, and then Georgia Auburn are obviously the three games that we're all going to be looking for. Let's start with Ohio State at Rutgers, three thirty on the. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you've got the South's oldest rivalry. That's your three thirty CBS game. Georgia at Auburn. You're putting Georgia on upset alert. Why? Uh I just feel it. I I I think Auburn is going. Auburn plays so much. Their two losses were on the road. I think they're going to play much better this week than they did, you know, on the road in their two losses. I think they'll play better this week than they did did against Ole Miss because, frankly, they just weren't getting up for Ole Miss. They're going to be up for this game. Uh, Auburn knows they can play spoiler. Um, I I I don't know that Georgia's got the defense to really full like. Yeah, like Bo, like Bo Nix and the Auburn offense have been bad against really good defenses, but I don't know. I just feel I, it's just there's just a comfort there. Auburn's a very comfort team. I I think it's going to happen. I don't really have a ton of rhyme or reason other than that Auburn's got the best defense in the SEC and Georgia. I, Georgia's I, not the explosive offense that LSU or Florida are to put up yeah. big scores when they need to. I think I don't think that Auburn's going to win this game, but I won't be surprised if they do. Um, I think that Auburn's offense has is gotten unless they figured some things out in the bye week. I just think they're a little inept. So their defense is good enough to keep them in any game, um, but I'm not sure their offense is good enough to win very many games right now. Um, maybe they, like I said, maybe they've fixed some things. Maybe they've uh, Bo Nix has got some new packages he's going to throw out of. Um, that he's a little bit more comfortable in as a true freshman, but he just doesn't really seem to be that guy. And we talked about it two weeks ago. I'm not sh- I'm not sure that Auburn team is behind Bo Nix uh, the way that they need to be when Auburn is good. Um, they are traditionally behind a good quarterback, right? Cam Newton, Nick Marshall, um, other quarterbacks. You've got uh, – we could go all the way back to uh, Campbell. What's his last name? Jason his first Campbell. Name. Jason Campbell, thank you very much. Um, they're always behind good quarterbacks that are kind of the it guy in college football, and right now they just don't have that with Bo Nix, and it's not really his fault. I think it's more Malzahn than Nix. I will, yeah, that's a good point too. I will not be surprised if Georgia loses that game, but I don't have them losing. Uh, give me your score prediction for that one. It's gonna be. It would be like a twenty-eight, twenty-four kind of deal, a twenty, twenty-one, seventeen yep. type of win. I like that. I, I was going to say that it's going to be uh, 31-28 Georgia in this one um, for me. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Georgia's going to find a way to get it done on the road um, and really prove to some people why they deserve to have that uh, playoff spot um, that they've got. The team that I'm going to put on upset uh, watch this week, not warning, upset watch, uh, Minnesota traveling to Iowa. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying that Minnesota's bad or anything like that, but I think this is a big trap game for Minnesota uh, going to Kinnick Stadium. Um, to try and win it in Iowa City is just going to be, you know, Iowa, we, we've said this, and it's kind of a joke on the podcast, but Iowa does not play great when they beat teams. They just make teams play as well as Iowa does. Yeah, it's where, it's where opponents' then, dreams go to die. Yeah, Both and Kinnick it's, it's, and, and uh, uh, Ames. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, you're you're not wrong. Uh, so I think, you know, I think that's what I'm doing for my upset watch. I don't think it's a warning. I just think it's kind of a trap game more than anything. Um, I couldn't think of uh, Iowa State's stadium's name, so I had to just name the city. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't think I could tell you what it is right now. Oklahoma at Baylor. That's in McLean Stadium. That's in Waco, Texas, my friend. Uh, that's a 7:30 ABC game. Brick. Do you expect Oklahoma to get toppled this week, or are they going to try and make a statement for the playoff? I think I think everything from here on out is statement. It's all statement. It's all everybody. Oklahoma is on the same sort of audition that Alabama is, and I expect them to win this one fairly going away. I agree with that. Uh, are there any other games you really want to talk about, Bud? No, I really don't. <laughs> I really don't either. We've got the Sweetheart Bowl tonight, ladies and gents. Uh, by the time you hear this, it'll probably already be over, but I'm hoping I get to etch my name on that trophy one more time. Um, 69 nothing Kent State. I'm going 69-68 Buffalo because I want to see an exciting Maction. Give me some Maction. Get out your Mactivity books. Let's get after it. Uh, your Pac-12 After Dark games this weekend, uh, you're looking at Arizona at Oregon, Slaughter, USC at Cal. Could be interesting. And New Mexico at Boise State. If you're a little bit more of a, uh, a little bit, a little bit less of a night owl, I should say, uh, UCLA is going to be at Utah. If you just need some Pac-12 after dark in your life, but you've got Oklahoma during that time, you might as well just go ahead and watch that one. It's pretty much a Pac-12 game anyway, with a lack of defense. Uh, Brick, do you have a sound off this week, buddy? Nope. But boy, are you getting some texts right now? I'm getting texts? Yeah, I can hear your phone buzzing in my headphones. Oh no. Yep. Oh no, I hate that. What'd you do? I hate that for you. What'd you I do? I really hate that for you. No, you're, it seems like you're getting yelled at. Oh, uh, let's see. I will. It is. It is. Uh, listener John Teich, uh, and my wife. They're texting back and forth. Um, they should genuinely know better than to do that right now. Both of them. Shame. I, for shame. I, you know what? You know what? You don't talk that way about the person who's going to do a better job at co-hosting the sweet or bowl tonight than you are. Do you hate this? Do you hate doing this? <laughs> That was perfect. Thank that was, you. That was all time. Thank hey, you. Hey, buddy, I love you to pieces. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is a podcast we've always wanted to do, and uh, you've helped us do that. Love doing this podcast with my best friend in the whole world. Whole world. What's better than this? Guys being dudes.